Ruth chapter 3. I remember the first time that I I really, really learned about the book of Ruth and, and understood it. And it was, I don't know, it was some years ago, 15, 20 years ago. There was a, a gentleman that was in this building that preached one, one, one Sunday, one Sunday morning for Baptist Men's Day. And he preached on the book of Ruth and did an excellent job. Probably the best sermon I've ever heard on the book of Ruth. That was Mr. Sidney. That was 15, 20 years ago probably. That was a long time ago. But it was a, that was a wonderful presentation, Mr. Sidney, of the book of Ruth. I, I still remember that. Every time I read or think about Ruth, I think about that sermon you preached. You did a, you did a fine job with that. So thank you for sharing that story with us. And uh, hopefully we'll all get something out of it this go-around too. Ruth chapter 3, let's pray, and then we'll get started. <clears throat> Father God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for this story of Ruth. We thank you for the beautiful writing and the beautiful message that's, that's in this story, and I pray that you help us to learn from it, to grow from what your word says, God, and let it, let it point us to Jesus, dear Lord. Let us, as we're talking all about this Redeemer stuff in these verses we read this week and next week, dear Lord, we, we talk about the Redeemer a lot, and so God, let these verses point us forward to Jesus Christ, the, the perfect and ultimate Redeemer that, that, that we have redemption in, dear Lord. And I pray, God, that you just bless these few minutes tonight, that you hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach, and let your Holy Spirit speak through me as I open my mouth. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, brief recap. Naomi and Ruth had made it back to uh, the land of Israel. Uh, they were widow women. Both of them had lost their husband. Uh, but Ruth had gone to get a little grain, pick up some of the leftovers in somebody's field, and she ended up in Boaz's field, a man by the name of Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband who had passed away. And Naomi said, hey, this guy, this guy Boaz, he's one of our family redeemers. He's somebody in the family that can come and take care of us. That's the, the duty and the obligation of of nearby family members when a family member passes away. That was part of the culture. And Naomi said, this Boaz, he's one of the men who can come in and redeem us and provide for us and take care of us. And so she told Ruth, you stick around with Boaz. You, you keep going and picking in his field and, and let's kind of see what happens. So that's where we left off last week and we continue on uh, with 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 Ruth and Boaz and this relationship in the verses tonight. Verse 1. <clears throat> Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, shouldn't I find security for you so that you will be taken care of? Now, isn't Boaz our relative? Haven't you been working with his female servants this evening? He will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. Go down to the threshing floor, but don't let the man know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, notice the place where he's lying. Go in and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he will explain to you what you should do. So Ruth said to her, I will do everything you say. She went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law had instructed her. Now, Naomi realizes that Boaz is a family redeemer, and she wants to take care of Ruth. She says, look, I need to find security for you. 
Remember, we've talked about that in that culture, a woman without a husband, uh, it, it, was, it was a lot more difficult on them than it is now. It was Naomi's desire, because Naomi and Ruth had a good relationship, it was Naomi's desire to find security for her, and she knew that Boaz was a good place to find security for Ruth because he was somebody who could marry Ruth. He could have been a redeemer for Ruth and for Naomi. So she tells Ruth, look, here's what you need to do. Uh, Boaz is going to be at the threshing floor. He's going to be working with the barley tonight, but you need to go in there, and he's going to be eating, and he's going to be drinking. And after, after he gets done eating and drinking, don't, don't let him know that you're there, but simply go in and lay at his feet and uncover his feet. Now, that's a, that's a strange thing for, for, for Naomi to tell Ruth to do, and I'm not exactly certain what that custom was or why that was the custom or what that was, uh, what that was for. But obviously, this was significant, and this was something that Boaz would have known what was going on. Now, some had, have, have, have taken this to mean that maybe this is symbolic language, that perhaps that uh, Ruth was in some way intimate with Boaz on this occasion, but that doesn't at all appear to be the case as we continue on the story. I think that in this particular passage, this is not symbolic language of something inappropriate that went on, but rather this is literally what took place, that Ruth was to literally go and lay at the feet of Boaz and uncover his feet, and Boaz would know what to do once he recognized that she was there. Now, Ruth was a was a Moabite woman. She certainly uh, wouldn't have been too familiar with the Israelite customs. Of course, over the years, she probably had learned some of these things by being with Naomi and her family. Uh, but, but as a Moabite woman, some of these things may have seemed foreign to her or perhaps not. Maybe she fully understood what was going on. But nonetheless, Naomi instructed Ruth in what to do. And Ruth said, okay, I'm going to listen to you. Whatever you tell me to do, I am going to do it. Let's continue on in verse 7. <clears throat> After Boaz ate, drank, and was in good spirits, he went to lie down at the end of the pile of barley. <clears throat> then she went in secretly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. At midnight, Boaz was startled, turned over, and there lying at his feet was a woman. So he asked, Who are you? I am Ruth, your slave, she replied. Spread your cloak over me, for you are a family redeemer. Now, here Ruth does exactly what Naomi has told her to do. And in and, and verse uh, 8, it gives us a little bit of, of, of evidence, I believe, that what, what is literally explained is what literally happened. It appears as though Ruth had been laying at Boaz's feet for some time before he actually woke up and recognized that she was there. He was startled by the fact that she was there and, and obviously wasn't sure who she was. It was night. It was dark. He, he, he knows that there's somebody laying at his feet. And so he says, look, who, who are you? What are you doing here? And she says, look, I'm Ruth. And she says, look, spread your cloak over me. Now, back in chapter 2, you can flip back there if you want to or just listen close, closely. Uh, back in chapter 2... Uh, we see Boaz and uh, in, in talking with Ruth. He says something to her in verse 12. He says, May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Now, in that passage, 
Boaz had acknowledged that, that Ruth had been good to Naomi. And he's telling Ruth, look, may the Lord bless you. And that last phrase there, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Now, that language we see uh, often in the Old Testament. Uh, we just read uh, a passage that David spoke of that in 2 Samuel 22. We read that yesterday at the apartments. And David said, look, the Lord is my refuge. And we see that kind of language by David and in the Old Testament that the Lord is a refuge for us. And Boaz says, look, may the Lord be a refuge for Ruth under, under whose wings she has come. Now, I point this out because the same, the same Hebrew word that's used there in this phrase is the same Hebrew word that's used when we speak, uh, see this at the, at the end of verse 9 where she says, spread your cloak over me. That's the same, same word that says, put your wing over me or be under the wings of refuge. And so the very thing that, that, that Boaz had desired for, for Ruth and the very blessing that he pronounced on her, look, may God bless you as you seek God for refuge. Well, Boaz is actually going to be the one who is going to help provide the refuge that she is looking for because she says, spread your cloak over me. Now, again, this is probably to be taken literal. Uh, this is probably not any, any kind of inappropriate behavior that's going on. We've seen with both of these characters, with both Ruth and Boaz, that they are noble men and women. So it would appear that there's no foul play going on, but that we can take these passages literally. As odd as these customs may be, and we'll see another odd custom next week, there are some odd customs in the, in the ancient Israel uh, culture. But as odd as these things may be, uh, it's likely that what literally is being explained is taking place. And she says, spread your cloak over me, for you are a family redeemer. Now, a little refresher. We talked about that a little last week, that in the Old Testament law, that it was uh, when, a, when, a, when a man died, it was the other relatives, uh, and particularly his brothers, as spelled out uh, in the scripture, it was his brother's duty to come in and marry his wife. If, if, if a man passed away, his brother was to uh, marry his wife to try to continue the family line. And if a child was had by the woman, well, he would hold the brother's name and, and hold the brother's property once he grew old enough. And this was part of the custom is that a family member would come in and take care of the family that was left to, to help keep their family name going and to help keep their, their family property uh, in, in the family. And so when Ruth says, you are a family redeemer, she's acknowledging all right, Boaz, you are part of their family. This is your responsibility. You can redeem me and you can redeem Naomi. That is, you can provide for me and Naomi. You can take care of us. We will come under the refuge of your wings. Put your cloak over me. Bring me in under your refuge. Redeem me and take care of me. Take care of us, me and Naomi, because we, we, are, we are these wid widow women in need of a redeemer. Let's continue on in verse 10. <clears throat> then he said, May the Lord bless you, my daughter. You have shown more kindness now than before, because you have not pursued younger men, whether rich or poor. Now don't be afraid, my daughter. I will do whatever you say, since all the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Yes, it is true that I am a family redeemer. But there is a Redeemer closer than I am. 
Stay here tonight and in the morning. If he wants to redeem you, that's good. Let him redeem you. But if he doesn't want to redeem you, as the Lord lives, I will. Now lie down until morning. Now, this is a, this is a beautiful scene between Boaz and Ruth. And, and it even, even Boaz acknowledges here the noble character of Ruth. And so we've seen this a couple of times in Boaz acknowledging how good that Ruth had taken care of Naomi. And here again, Boaz says, look, you are a woman of noble character and you are right. I am a relative of Elimelech. That was Naomi's husband who had passed. And I am a family redeemer. But Boaz, being a man of noble character himself, said, but there's somebody before me. So there was a, there was a hierarchy. Those who were uh, probably closer relatives, it was, it was their obligation first, and it was their duty first. But should someone whose obligation and duty it was choose not to redeem the family member in question, then it would fall to the next person in line. And that's what Boaz is saying here. Yes, I am a family redeemer, but, but there's somebody else who is before me. There's somebody else that, that it's, their, it's their duty, it's their obligation to redeem you should they choose to. So this shows a little bit about Boaz's character here. Perhaps he could have been underhanded and, and went ahead and, and married Ruth and, and, and taken the role of family redeemer, but he didn't. He said, look, we're going to give this guy a chance. The other guy who's the family redeemer before me, we're going to give him the opportunity. In the morning, we'll see. We'll see if he wants to redeem you. And if he does, good. But Boaz says, if he's not willing to redeem you, then I will redeem you. And then he says, look, you lay here for the night, you get you some rest, and in the morning we'll take care of these things once daybreak comes. Verse 14. <clears throat> so she lay down at his feet until morning, but got up while it was still dark. Then Boaz says, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. And he told Ruth, bring a shawl, bring the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. When she held it out, he shoveled six measures of barley into her shawl, and she went into the town. So they got up early in the morning, and naturally, as, as we, we, would, we would probably do the same thing nowadays, well, maybe not so much, but, uh, but for the most part, I think people would say, all right, it's, it's not good for a man and woman to be seen together, even if nothing bad had happened. It's early in the morning. You need to get on your way, Boaz says. We don't want anybody to know that you spent the night here, so leave. But before you leave, I'm going to fill your shawl up with, with, with some, some grain here. And he gives her, it says that uh, he gives her six measures of barley. And here we see, again, a little bit of Boaz and his care for Ruth and for Naomi. Uh, if you remember back earlier in the story when Ruth was first with Boaz and she ate with him and the rest of the servants, she had leftovers and those leftovers she was able to take home and give to Naomi. So we see, we see Boaz has been very good to Ruth and Naomi in providing for her. Not only was she allowed to get the leftovers of the field, which is what, what the law of, of God commanded, but Boaz went above and beyond and said, look, y'all make sure she gets some of the good grain. Don't just give her the leftovers. You, you lay out some of the choice grain for her, so as she comes behind you, she's going to be able to get some of the good stuff. And so Boaz has been, has been very kind to Ruth and, and also very kind to Naomi. 
And we see that even here in this moment, that he is still being kind to Naomi, that he is still being kind to Ruth. And so we really, just in these couple of chapters that we've been introduced to Boaz, uh, it seems clear that he is a man of good character and he is a man who cares about Ruth and about Naomi and about providing for these two uh, widow women. Let's continue on with the last few verses here. <clears throat> she went to her mother-in-law, Naomi, who asked her, How did it go, my daughter? Then Ruth told her everything the man had done for her. She said, He gave me these six measures of barley because he said, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Naomi said, My daughter, wait until you find out how things go, for he won't rest unless he resolves this issue, excuse me, unless he resolves this today. <clears throat> so, Ruth had done everything Naomi had asked her to do. She returns home and she tells Naomi what's going on. And this is good news for Naomi because obviously she knows about Boaz. And she says, look, he'll take care of this today. He won't rest. He's not going to play around. He is going to take care of this situation. He's going to take care of this issue. He's going to, to seek out this other family redeemer, and he's going to do what needs to be done. And so here we see this, this, this theme beginning to un, unfold for us over the last couple of chapters, and that is the theme of redeemer. We see that word a lot in the book of Ruth. The word redeemer comes up a lot, that there is someone who can come who can fill the role of redeemer, who can provide for, who can protect, who can take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. In this case, these two widow women, uh, women Naomi and Ruth. And all of this is pointing us forward to a better redeemer, the same redeemer that we have in Jesus Christ. This is a this is but a but a shadow of what is to come, like we talked about Sunday. That so many things we see in Scripture are but a shadow of something that's perfected in Jesus Christ, or will be perfected for all of eternity. And this story of a redeemer, of, of someone who is in need and needs someone else to come and deliver them, is pointing us forward to our redeemer in Jesus Christ. But what we see here with the story of Ruth is she had to seek out the redeemer. She could have just continued along on her way. She could have just continued to pick up leftovers in a field, but instead, she knew that there was a redeemer she could go to. She knew that there was provision to be had. She knew that there was one who could take care of her and who could take care of Naomi. And so she, she began to pursue the redeemer. She was seeking the redeemer. She went before the redeemer, and she laid at the redeemer's feet. And that's really not so different than what you and I are to do. Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. We see that spelled out for us in several scriptures in the New Testament. One is in Colossians chapter 1. If you want to flip there, you can. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, says, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. We have redemption the forgiveness of sins in him. 
Now, that's beautiful language, right? Because often we see in, in Scripture in the New Testament that when we speak of light and dark, the light is what is good, is what is righteous, is what is holy. And the dark is our sinfulness. It's our death. It's, that, it's, it's those burdens that we have, the things that we cannot escape. That's what the darkness is. But in Colossians, it speaks of Jesus as the one who, who, who transfers us from the domain of darkness into the domain of light, into the kingdom of God. And it's Jesus, it says in this passage, who is the one who does that. And we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, Paul says, in him. Now, we could never redeem ourselves. We could never provide for ourselves. We could never be forgiven of our sins because of anything that we can do. But God, in his love for us, sent a redeemer. There's a redeemer available there was a redeemer available for Ruth and for Naomi. But if Ruth hadn't gone to the redeemer, they would not have been redeemed. And if we don't go to Jesus Christ and we don't humble ourselves at the foot of the cross, and similar to how Ruth laid at the feet of Boaz, if we don't humble ourselves at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, you are my redeemer. Lord Jesus, I seek refuge under, under your wings. I seek your protection. I seek your provision. I seek your forgiveness. I seek your love. I seek you to be my groom and I will be your bride. I submit myself to you. I humble myself before you and ask that you forgive me not because of anything I have done, but Lord Jesus, because of everything that you have done. Will you be my redeemer? And Jesus, of course, tells us in scripture time and again, he is our Redeemer, and He will be our Redeemer. He says, come to me, all of you who are burdened. The Scripture says, look, if we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive our sins. And how are our sins forgiven? They're forgiven through Jesus Christ. Who can take our burden? The one who says, come to me, and I'll take your burden. Who is Jesus Christ? He is our Redeemer. And in heaven, we are going to praise that Redeemer for all of eternity. We get a glimpse of that in Revelation chapter 5, if you want to turn there. Revelation chapter 5. Verse 9. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Because you were slaughtered and you redeemed people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. Now, this praise is taking place before the throne of God, before the Lamb of God. And how is this Lamb referred to? The Lamb who was slaughtered? Well, this is, of course, Jesus Christ. And, and what did He do? Why is He being praised? Because you redeemed the people of God by your blood. Watch people, every people from every tribe and every language, no matter where you are from, no matter what the color of your skin, no matter how tall you are, how short you are, how old you are, how young you are, how smart you are, how dumb you are, it does not matter. Jesus Christ died for the forgiveness of sins. For which sins? For all sins. He died to redeem us, to pay the price. He died to say, I am your Redeemer. I am the one who will provide for you. I am the one who will protect you. I am the one who will meet your every need and forgive your every sin. 
And so when we see this language in the book of Ruth about a redeemer, we need to realize the significance of that. If a single human man, by being a redeemer, can protect and provide for two widow women and take care of them in this life, how much greater can the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, redeem you and I and provide for us for all of eternity? And so when we see this language, when we read this book, this beautiful book of Ruth, we always need to think about Jesus Christ. It always needs to point us forward in our thoughts to the great Redeemer that we have in Christ Jesus, the one and only Son of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these good words. We thank you for this beautiful story. And we thank you for, for Boaz, for, for stepping up to be the Redeemer he was, dear Lord. But as good a Redeemer as he was, we know that there's a greater Redeemer in Jesus Christ, God. And I pray that if there's one here tonight that has not been redeemed, that maybe they would have heard about Jesus Christ tonight and maybe they would have got it. Maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to them. And God, I pray tonight they, that they would humble themselves before Jesus, that they would come to him and ask for forgiveness of sins, dear Lord, and, and be redeemed, dear Lord, so that we can all be part of that group that's going to stand before your throne, that's going to stand before the Lamb, dear Lord, and praise him for his redeeming blood that was shed on our behalf. And I pray, God, that these words, that you were glorified in them tonight. And I pray that we'd tuck them away in our heart. And I pray that we just would praise Jesus Christ every time we, we hear the word Redeemer, whether it's in this story or whether it's in any other book of the Bible, dear Lord, that we, that we recognize how great of a Redeemer Jesus Christ is on our behalf for those who come to him. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.